is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right. In all likelihood, some future fantasy greats were drafted tonight. Rounds two and three. Just look at the running backs in the last five years that were drafted in round two. Or uh, round three, even. David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. Some really good players. David Montgomery last year. Devin Singletary last year. Round two, of course, you had Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon. Uh, and maybe some guys that still have some good football left. Ronald Jones, Darius Geis, and obviously Miles Sanders. Can't forget about him. So uh, we had a busy night with running backs, wide receivers coming off the board. Not a lot of quarterbacks. Offensive linemen, yes. Tight ends. The Patriots took two of them. Welcome to the show. It is uh, officially Saturday morning. It is 12.15 a.m. Adam Azer with Dave. Ra- oh, hey, Dave. It's good to have you on. Hey, what's up, everybody? We tried to get Dave on yesterday. It didn't work. We're happy to have him here today. Uh, ben Gretsch did not have you on yesterday either. you got to carry the show, man, because it's only 9.15 for you. Yeah, I'm wide awake. You guys <laughs> you guys are dealing with uh, it's tomorrow for you guys already, but I'm, I'm still on uh, Friday time. And Jamie is on three-ish hours of sleep, and he looks no, less, great. Less. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. A lot of makeup, I'm thinking. I'm not wearing any makeup, then. You're just a beautiful man. All right, so today we'll uh, we'll talk about everything you need to know from day two of the NFL draft. Let's do some fill-in-the-blank. Actually, wait. No. More important. Let's do something different. Let's, let's scrap everything I was going to do. Just give me your biggest fantasy takeaway from day two. Dave, start with you. Uh... A lot of the running backs that were taken, I think, were taken to help in 2021, but they have a funny way of impacting the NFL and fantasy earlier than expected. NFL hurries things up a little bit. I think a lot of running backs that were drafted today are going to be um, very key players in fantasy drafts next year and good guys to draft this year to just sit and wait on. The Miles Sanders effect from from 2019 will be in, in store for... Almost everybody, almost every key running back that was drafted in round two. All right, Ben, your biggest takeaway? Uh, my biggest takeaway was I kind of blew some some uh, dynasty startup drafts this year with grabbing guys like Daryl Henderson and on Johnson thinking that they were going to be safe. And, yeah, I think there's kind of like what Dave said. There's – there's uh, a pretty big impact on on a lot of the current veterans. There always is, but uh, some of those were unexpected for me. Jamie, the Packers are morons. <laughs> 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 but you know, you're skipping ahead to one of my fill in the blanks, which is the Green Bay Packers are blank morons. Mm, not good. Uh, I don't get it. I just they, don't get it. They they don't want Aaron Rodgers around. They're just doing everything they can to tick him off. I really wanted them to get Denzel Mims. The Jets took him just before the Packers drafted a running back. Uh, one of Ben's favorites, A.J. Dillon. Didn't want to see him go there. Uh, but, yeah, the Packers had a perplexing draft, I suppose. I don't know. My, my biggest be nice. <laughs> my biggest takeaway, I guess, is what Dave said. You know, a lot of the, the running backs, it's, again, just not like we didn't get great destinations for those top three wide receivers. We I don't know if we got great destinations for these rookie running backs, but we'll talk about it here. We can do fill in the blank. Here we go. I'm so glad that blank was drafted by blank. 
Visca uh, Chenault. Okay. Go ahead. To the then. Jaguars. Chenault to the Jags. Dave, we got. I'll say J.K. Dobbins to the Ravens. I think he's going to be a big time player for them starting next year. Starting next year, yeah. I was disappointed that he went to the Ravens. I am too. You know, it would have been great if he had gone to Tampa Bay or Miami, just as an example for two teams. But I think once he does get that job in Baltimore and it figures to be next year, he, he should be really good. Jamie, I'm so glad that Blank was drafted by Blank. Cam Akers by the Rams. I've been excited about him this whole process, and he's going to get a chance to be the featured guy there. And uh, I think he's going to end up being a startable fantasy running back this season. Does anybody think Cam Akers will not lead the team in carries? I, I think he will. I think there's a chance that I think there's a better chance he won't than uh, than like Cam Akers, or I'm sorry, than DeAndre Swift will with Detroit. Like I think the competition is a little more serious there than it is in Detroit. I disagree with that. I disagree wholeheartedly with that. Okay. That's why I'm glad Dave was on, because I know that he is not really believing in Carrion Johnson. So so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions here. Um, and uh, th- so De- uh, DeAndre Swift, they take 35th overall, second running back selected, only three picks after Edward Zillaire at the end of round one. And yeah, what do you think, Dave? What's what's your take on it? I think the Lions told us exactly what they think of Carryon Johnson. That after two years with some pretty up and down play, there were times where he was very good and sometimes where he stunk. But he had a big knee injury each of the past two seasons, each of his two seasons in the league. They're tired of it, and they they want to have something somebody there who can. I don't think they drafted DeAndre Swift to be a backup. He was the second running back off the board. They could have had Jonathan Taylor. They could have had anybody they wanted other than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They obviously see Swift as a great fit in their offense, and he will be. He is a decisive zone runner. He's got good hands. He's a good pass blocker. He's going to be a better running back for the Lions than Kerryon Johnson was or will be. And maybe I agree with everything. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I agree with everything. Hold on, hold on. Let, let, let him finish. Let <laughs> finish. <laughs> I'm not done. Let me finish. Go ahead. We only have a certain amount of time tonight. Okay, that's so not true. Let me get oh, you, to chapter two, two, and then we'll... <laughs> <laughs> look. I, I, I just think Carryon Johnson won't have a big role. Maybe they split to begin the season, just like we saw last year with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. But by the midpoint, maybe even sooner, because Carryon Johnson can't stay on the field for a very long period of time. DeAndre Swift will get in there. He'll do his thing. I think he was the second best running back coming in. I think he's the second best running back in fantasy uh, right for 2020. Not for I, Dynasty, but for I agree. I agree with everything Dave said. I just think that there's an easier path to touches for Akers with Rams because you at least, at least I expect Carrion to still have some role while he's healthy. Now he could get hurt early and, and then Swift runs away with the depth. Swift is a better talent than Cam Akers. He was also in a better situation in college than Cam Akers. And so we'll find out what the Rams are going to do. We'll find out what the Lions are going to do. I do think, though, that Jonathan Taylor is still in the second-best situation, even with Marlon Mack there, because another scenario of the team telling you what they are going to do by trading up to select Jonathan Taylor, who's going to get a chance to run behind that offensive line in this offense, that I think it kind of tells you that maybe they're tired of Marlon Mack, another running back that's had a hard time staying healthy and may not be the most explosive player. I hate it because I wanted to see what Matt could do for a full season uh, with a better quarterback. But I think it's the same exact thing. It's it's the team telling you that they're frustrated with the situation 
and that Taylor being the best running back that we all said coming into this draft ends up in a great rushing situation. We'll see if he's in a great passing situation. I doubt it because of Naheem Hines. So I think all three guys behind Edward Hilaire for redraft are kind of in a similar scenario. Um, if you believe in Swift, then you take Swift ahead of Taylor and Akers. If you believe in Taylor, take him first. You know, if you just want to wait out and see if you get the, the last of the, the, those three guys, then that's the, the, the way to go. So I don't think Dave's wrong. I just like Akers' scenario better than Swift, and I like Taylor's scenario better than both. And like I said to you guys off the air, uh, they're all back-to-back. Okay, okay so um, they're all number okay. two running back. So who talked longer, me or Jamie? Because <laughs> he was interrupting me to get in his point, and then he gets in the point. And here, forget about that. Here's the bottom line. I actually agree with Jamie that Akers definitely has a chance to get ahead of Daryl Henderson. But we, I, I don't think we, I, I don't think we know for sure what Daryl Henderson is. And I think there's a there's a better chance that he could end up sticking around a little bit longer in the Rams' offense than Carrion can in the Lions' offense. My perspective. My point of view on that, but I do I do like Acres a lot too. They're all ranked very tightly together. I'm not sure why you're so down on Carry On though. I mean, he was a second round pick two years ago. He's still 22 years old for a couple he'll of months. He'll be 23 turn- when the season starts. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He'll be 23 in a couple of months. <laughs> but this guy is still, yeah. I mean, that's not old. He's extremely young still. He was very productive in year one, 5.4 yards per carry. It was a little worse last year. Uh, but he was banged up. He it was a lot. Wor- it was year. a lot worse last year. It was three point yeah, six yeah. yards per carry. He he was really bad last year. But you're right, Ben. That we shouldn't just forget. A lot of people were very excited about Carry On Johnson last year. But I will say that Dave has always sort of been hesitant sure. on Johnson. And I think the injuries because he was banged up all the time in college are a big part of that. Go ahead, Ben. I'm sorry. But, yeah, the the big point I want to make there, and especially when Jamie brought in Taylor, and I, I again, I agree with mo- both of these guys too, but I think there's a slight nuance difference between Swift and Taylor's landing spot in that the Lions' backup right now was Bo Scarborough. They were almost certainly going to be in the market for a running back in this draft, and when Swift fell to them, it's, it's very feasible that they were already looking at running backs, and they decided, hey, this is a really good playmaker. We can add him to carry on Johnson and have two very good backs. They just took him two years ago. They still have him under contract for two more years. Marlon Mack's a little bit of a different story. They just took Johnson in the second round. Marlon Mack was a fourth-round pick three years ago. He's one of those guys that I think, and we, I think we I've talked about this with James Conner a little bit. When guys have good fantasy seasons, I think we tend to think that they are um, really established. But I don't know that teams necessarily believe that in some cases, and I think Mack is a really good example of that. They've never really turned over the full three-down work to him. They continue to use Hines, and they had Hines there too. So the fact that they took Taylor even with Mac and Hines, I don't think they were necessarily like wildly in the running back market other than the fact that Mac, a former fourth-round pick, is now going into his final year of his contract. To me, this is a, a pretty clear indication. They're not going to keep Mac long-term, yep. and they're making a decision right now that Jonathan Taylor is their early down back of the future. They do still have Hines, as Jamie noted. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, no, we haven't even talked about Tampa Bay. I mean, maybe that's the clearest path other than I don't even want to say other than Edwards Elair because I don't know how clear his path is to significant work uh, in Kansas City. But Tampa Bay taking Keyshawn Vaughn in round three. Maybe he's the got, got the easiest path uh, to to touches. It's it's pretty interesting. But Jamie, I'm 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 a little surprised that you think that Taylor's in the best situation because second best. Behind who? Edwards Lair. Okay, yeah. Sorry. So, so best situation of all the day two guys. I don't know. I just feel like that's discounting 
Marlon Mack. Don't you think Mack is going to? Well, I think I mean Ben just laid it out perfectly for you. I, I I think the again it's it's the same type of scenario. Dave said it. Ben said it. You know when when these teams are telling you what they're doing, they're they're speaking volumes about what they think about the guys on their roster. But I and think so, that but I think that the the I I think the case the Colts take him because they don't see Mac as part of their long term future. The, but it's also it's the, also short term game. But I mean, the it, Lions it's, it's, don't maybe don't see carry on as part of their short term future. Whereas like I feel both. like Matt, I, I think it's both. I, I think look, I know you like Marlon Mack a lot, so I think that factors. No, into I this. I don't. I like him for fantasy because he's behind a great offensive line and mm-hmm. and is you know gets all the carries. I don't like him that much as a player. I think they just upgraded at running back for sure. I just don't think they're gonna. Look, it took it took a ha- an injury to Jordan Howard for them to turn to Miles Sanders, and it took a trade of Carlos Hyde for the Browns to turn to Nick Chubb. Almost every running back in the last five years that's been drafted around two at the NFL draft has had to wait a certain amount of time. Sometimes it was only three weeks, like Joe Mixon. Sometimes it was nine, like Miles Sanders. It's not a great situation. The guys just don't get put into big work right away, typically. And I think that Mac is on more solid ground in Indianapolis than carry on is in Detroit. I would agree. But I also think that Taylor is a better running back in a better situation. I mean, you know, you're, you're also got to factor in everything around these guys, you know, so Taylor is going to be in a situation where if he proves he's better than Mac, which I think he will, then he gets that offensive line. Mm-hmm. He gets that coaching staff. He gets that situation. Whereas Deandre Swift is in a bad offensive line with Detroit. He's in a situation where maybe carry on is is more talented than Mac and like Ben said, under contract for two more years. And if he stays healthy, then they're both competing for touches. But which guy do you think is going to beat out the other guy? That I think comes down again. Your choice. And does Patricia even want one to win? Or is he going to do the Belichick thing and use them both? That's kind of what I what I'm thinking. They didn't have a second back. back. Yep. If you're on the hot seat and you just drafted a running back in round two, are you more inclined to, you know, Give the uh, give the more talented player. We think he's a more talented player. I think. I, but more but I don't work. think this is a this is a carry on versus Swift. I think we're all in the Swift camp. Yeah, I just saying yeah. he doesn't have any job security. So do you think that Patricia turns to Swift? Oh, I think he's going to use the guy that that's going to help him win. So you know, it, it's it's not a matter of I'm going to play Swift because I need to play him to make my job secure. If carry on proves to be better than him, and let's not just you know, I mean, Swift was hurt in 2018. All right. All right, let's move on. I'm so mad that Blank was drafted by Blank. Dave, you can go first here. I'm so mad that Blank was drafted by Blank. Well, I could say Dobbins for this one, too, just with the short-term kind of feel to it, because I wanted to see Dobbins play now. I want him now. I don't want to have to wait till 2021. Um, I'll tell you who I'm mad about, and I think I'm going to steal Ben's guy. I'm mad A.J. Dillon went to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. He he's he just a handcuff. He's so big that I'm really concerned for Aaron Jones now. Aaron Jones scored 19 touchdowns last year and they didn't draft him to be a third down back, which is what they've always done with Jamal Williams. Uh you know, they like Williams on passing downs, they like his pass protection. That's not AJ Dillon. So what are they drafting for? They took him in the second round. Like I I can't really figure it out, but I do think it's not good for Aaron Jones. Uh, who was already going to have touchdown regression coming? Being able terrible to even for Aaron Jones. <laughs> it's terrible for Aaron Jones. It's early down work that they they're saying they're they're going to give away to someone else. I, we had this conversation last week, Adam, that or, or earlier this week about you know is he a risk? You were saying you've seen him go in round one. I wouldn't touch him till round three at the earliest right now, and I feel like that's too soon. 
let me give a, a rosier scenario though. What if this just means that Jamal Williams is basically phased out and the 107 carries in 14 games that Williams got now just goes to AJ Dillon and maybe they, Aaron Jones, maybe if, Aaron Jones, all, all 107 of them are inside the five. Well, I don't know. And maybe Aaron, <laughs> well, Aaron Jones has done a lot to earn those goal line carries, but maybe Aaron Jones actually gets more work in the passing game. Maybe, but they, ne- they've always been hesitant with that. They've always liked Williams more as a pass. You've block. said it time and time again. It's his numbers popped when Devonte Adams were out. His numbers popped hey, when Jamal Williams I'm, was hurt. I'm simply playing devil's advocate. I'm not. No, this is, this is, this is the most awful veteran impacted because uh, again mac you could say okay we 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 all liked mac as a as a starting fantasy option based on where we had him ranked so we we liked him but we loved aaron jones like mm-hmm. we, we we loved the setup for aaron jones whether you thought he's gonna have regression like ben said you were concerned about his numbers coming down adam you would still take him somewhere in round two if mm-hmm. he was sitting there on draft day yep now it's like I, I I'm I'm I'd be so hesitant to touch him in the second round. I'm taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire over Aaron Jones. I Ooh. probably won't draft Aaron Jones anywhere this year. I mean I it's I don't think I'd take him in the fourth. I can't believe yeah. but wait a second. Um, Yesterday I'll let you get in a minute, Dave, I'm sorry. Yesterday, okay, Jamie, okay. you said that you thought Damian Williams was gonna lead the, the Chiefs in Russia. Yeah, no, after after thinking about it on, on Little Sleep, I I I've certainly okay. changed my tune on Edward Clark. Okay. And I woke up this morning feeling differently than I did last night too, and I'm sure that's gonna happen tomorrow. Uh so I get that. But yeah. you know uh, okay, Dave, why don't you hop in here? I'm hogging the spotlight. Go ahead. So so at the combine, Matt LaFleur talked about how he wants to have three running backs. How he thinks that you need to have three to really make for a good run game in the NFL. Is this what he's doing? Is he going to yes. mix and match three guys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or Who does that, though? Could, it, could it be, it could be that he's going to mix three guys this year, but Aaron Jones is in a contract here. Jamal Williams wasn't great last year. I, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to take Dylan with Jones than I would be Jamal Williams with Jones. I'm kind of done with Jamal Williams, oh, and I'm okay, not sure. excited sure. at all about Aaron Jones, just like you guys aren't. But good players find a way to to get on the field and play effectively, and that's all Aaron Jones has done um, when he's been given the chance. Plenty of weeks where he's just he's found the end zone. Twenty eight touchdowns in his last twenty eight games. I'm hoping that he can still redeem himself with some value. But I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think he, he's certainly not a round one pick, and I'm going to have a tough time taking him in round two. Yeah, I mean, the way that you said that he could redeem himself with some value, that like that's that, what you say about number two running backs. That's what he you could, say about he, round five running backs, right? He could, he could, he could score eight touchdowns and still have a good season, but he's nowhere near where he was. Gosh, guys, and, I, I and am this, so surprised by this. I. The three I just, running back thing, I'll tell you what team did that. The Saints did that for years, right? Remember the Pierre Thomas, Darren Sproles, and Mike Bell. Yeah, and the Patriots. But the Patriots. And, and, and A.J. Dillon could be that Mike Bell or Chris Ivory that they always had, and they still use two other backs. And some of those guys were great, but it, it's hard, man. It's hard with three backs. This, I this, just, guy, I don't, this guy I don't is a – A.J. Dillon is a monster. He is an absolute monster. And so, like, I'll just give you an example. I was going back. I, I was doing research because I had we had Isaiah Simmons on FFT. And I looked at Isaiah Simmons and, and Clemson, and I was just looking to see what running backs he faced because we actually were talking running backs that day. And so that Boston College team wasn't very good. 
wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. And he went for 88 and a touchdown against Clemson. He's just a monster. He's just an absolute. You beast. like him a lot, but he's, he's the same weight as the Packers. <laughs> yeah, he's just as fast. Seriously, but he's he's a limit. He's okay, but he's not like an explosive guy. And you know who else is a monster? Yes, Aaron Wait, what Jones. Do you mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, he, he's not. He's not a versatile guy. He's not going to be catching passes all over the, the field. The same weight as Derrick Henry ran a faster forty he, time. You like hundredth of a second? Then he's like your best friend. Jumped. Beat him and jumped. <laughs> he, he's, he's like he's the same athlete as Derrick Henry. So is Derrick Henry not explosive? They even uh, wore the same number. He, he's explosive. Okay, so sorry. He, and who's, he, he, you know who's not a monster guy? Aaron Jones. Aaron he's Jones. Fired. Look, the proof is in the pudding. Aaron Jones has been one of the most efficient running backs. Every time he touches the ball, every time they give him the ball, he does great things. He has made. He has been a really, really good what? player in his NFL career. Career. He's been great. What if AJ Dillon is just as effective in the same offense? I just told you. What happens with all these round two running backs? And he was almost a round three running back. He was almost at the very end of round two. They don't the, get the work. They don't get it out of the gate. It it almost never. It doesn't happens. have to be out of the gate, and it doesn't have to be a significant workload. It could just be enough to ruin Aaron Jones that much, where he goes from a round two pick to a round four pick. Right, well, he's gonna have to. It, they're gonna have to have Jamal Williams pretty involved as well, if that's going to be the case. And isn't it possible that Jamal Williams is just is pushed to the side here? It, it is possible. Absolutely. It's also possible that Aaron Jones hurts his knee early on or doesn't get off to a good start to the season and A.J. Dillon just takes over. Wow. Well, A.J. Dillon can hurt his don't, knee. Don't, hey, Dave, don't, don't get me going. <laughs> it's possible. A.J. Dillon taking over the Green Bay backfield? I like what we're talking about here. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why if you take if you draft him in fantasy, I think it's got to be pretty late on draft day. But you, you got to commit to holding on to him for at least a month. And I don't know how many people are going to do that unless they have Aaron Jones already on their squad. But those would be the two Packers running backs I'd go get. Okay, let's do these fill-in-the-blanks real quick to finish up. Uh, the best rookie wide receiver selected on day two will be blank. Chanel. Mim. I'll say Mims, but I don't really love any of them. The best rookie running back selected on day two will be blank. Taylor. Swear this year? Oh, yeah. Good question. Yeah, this, this, year. this year or long term? This year. I'll take Taylor for both. I'll take Swift for this year, Taylor long term. And the number one pick in rookie drafts will be blank. Edward Teller. Yeah, that says will be, so I'll say Edward Teller. I do think he will be, but I would take Taylor. I think I'm going to take Taylor at 101. Nice. And just sort of see what happens this year and wait for him to go crazy. In That's the idea. Mac's going to be gone in 2021. Yep. Mac could be gone middle of 2020. He could be on the bench. Yep. I asked on Twitter who will be the best rookie running back in fantasy football, and Clyde Edwards Elaire is running away with it. 47.1% of the vote. DeAndre Swift, 12.8%. Jonathan Taylor, 22.5%. And other, 17.6%. Uh, let's see if I have any. You want to get to the Bucks now? Yeah, let's get to the. Bucks. We can just skip them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get no to the Bucks. No one cares. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. The Bucks in round three, they take a running back, and the scouting reports aren't so glowing on Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Depends who you ask. Yeah. yeah, they're not terrible. It, he uh, he was at the senior, senior. bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 he's he doesn't have great power. But he's kind of he, he's kind of stout. 
He doesn't have great speed, but he's got good lateral agility, particularly for, for the size that he is. But he's got good hands, and he seems to be a pretty good pass protector. So my, my guess is that the Bucks took one look at him and said, if he's around uh, for us to take in round three, let's, let's put him on the, the squad and have him compete with Ronald Jones. He's the one I'm drafting. I'm not drafting Ronald Jones. I, I have to make a point about the Packers. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Do you know when Derrick Henry was drafted? Second round. Second round. Do you know what he did as a rookie? Nothing. Yeah. You know why? Because they had DeMarco Murray. Okay, and they wrote wrote DeMarco Murray. You cannot just assume that a guy is going to get a big workload. Adam, this isn't necessarily to say that A.J. Dillon is going to be good. This is not about A.J. Dillon. This is about what Dillon is doing to Aaron Jones. He's going to lower his value. You were already down on Aaron Jones to begin with. I don't understand what side you're fighting for. You're going too far. Ben doesn't want to take Aaron Jones at all. You're you're downgrading him too much. I will happily take him in round three. You were yeah. saying that you weren't going to take him in round one. Yeah. So so he's not going in round one. What I'll just speak for myself. What I was saying was I'm not taking him in round two. So I would take him in round three. But there is enough of a downgrade from A.J. Dillon that that might be too soon. Yeah, that's why I, I think he definitely deserves to be in round three because I think Jamal Williams is going to get hurt more than anyone. Of course Jamal Williams is going to get hurt. I don't know well, what you're arguing. Because Jamal Williams had a big role last year. So I just think like Jamal Williams is just not that good. What's the point of even using him? But they like to. That's what and the Packers they, are telling you. And Aaron Jones had his biggest games when Jamal Williams was out, two games he was out, and two games he left early. Those are the the I four know. games Aaron Jones played right. uh, a 75% snap share. And he, I think he ran for over 100 yards in three of them. He yes. had a high percentage of, of his touchdowns in those games. It, like, I know. It's not good when Aaron Jones is not playing 75% of the snaps. But it's not that bad. That's the thing. And that's why you're, what you just said is exactly why I was saying I didn't think he should be a first-round pick you know, before the NFL draft. But I just think like he's too good to not be their lead running back. And he's going to be the lead running back for the— okay. <laughs> He is going to be their lead You've running back. You've swayed me a little bit. you swayed me a little bit. The DeMarco Murray point's a good one. Okay. He, he, he's going to be their lead running back, though. That's the, who's yeah, but, but by a by a long shot, I I, I, I think it's sad that I said I wouldn't take him anywhere. I'll, I'll take him in the fourth. Hey, how about that? Was Lafleur in Tennessee when Derrick Henry was there? Yes. Oh my God, he sees he sees what you see, Ben. Yes, they said he, that on the on our on our show today. That Derrick Henry this, version two. This is, this is Lafleur trying to recreate the Titans. Yep. Okay. Yes, he remembers the Titans now. So. So you'd rather take Keyshawn Vaughn than Ronald Jones, or you think you'd rather have Keyshawn Jones at a value over Ronald Jones, Jamie? Keyshawn. I I have ranked Vaughn ahead of Jones. Um, He's but not wrong. I I think it's going to be a training camp battle to watch, and so it's not set in stone right now. I'm I'm sorry, it's not set in stone, but right now I would take Vaughn over Jones because I do think that his skill set is better for the Bucks right now than Ronald Jones. I I don't have it that way. Now I might pull a, an Edwards Alaire and wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, I'm I'm just going to take the the rookie first. But I I think that the camp battle is legit. I think Ronald Jones being there gives him a little bit of an edge. But this could be a nauseating split between the two of them, where they're both playing, you know, forty percent of the snaps, and then Agumba Wally takes the rest. The idea that I, I'm floating is take one of them in round six or round seven, take the other one in round seven or round eight, and just mix and match them until one of them ends up being good for your fantasy team. The problem is when when it's a nauseating split like that, 
you guys know I love the pass catching back. And we didn't get that from Jones last year. And what we got, I think Jones was better than most people think. And you guys all know that I love him. I think he was really good as a runner. But what we heard repeatedly is he can't pass block. He got benched for that. He got yep. pulled out of a game early. He can't pass block. Bruce and Arians does not like him. And they went and they got a pass catching or a pass blocking running back. I think Schrager's the one. Our producer, Ben Schrager, pulled out the stat that he was ranked third in this class in pass blocking, Keyshawn Vaughn. They were going to draft a passing downs back. They did that. He's going to play on passing downs. So Ronald Jones, he can get the early down work, but I'm with Jamie. you got to rank Vaughn ahead because he's going to play in the passing downs on, in a Tom Brady offense. He's going to catch passes. you got to like that. And Dave, you said something there which I, I think is, is relevant, but from the other side of it, you said he's been there. It doesn't matter. The quarterback's different. So the fact that Ronald Jones has, has been in Bruce Arians' system I don't think is going to be a big difference for what he knows in this offense or what Vaughn will have to pick up. He's got to learn Tom Brady. They both do. And so that's going to be an even playing field for both those guys. So where are you guys going to draft Vaughn? I'm taking Vaughn over David Montgomery, for example. Okay. Ooh. Which is where I was taking Jones. Ben? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like David Montgomery. I, I, probably the seventh for Vaughn, eighth. How about Vaughn or Damian Williams? Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah, Vaughn. I would take Jones and Vaughn ahead of Damian. Another note on At Vaughn, PFF wrote a lot about this, that uh, Vanderbilt's offensive line was really poor last year. And, you know, I didn't watch a ton of Vaughn tape, but I did look at his numbers. He's, his yards per carry was surprisingly really good uh, compared to some of these later round backs. Yeah, and, this, like with him and with Akers and guys like this that are on bad teams, and you see that they're able to produce, like Akers was over five yards per carry. Uh, Vaughn back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, back-to-back 10-touchdown season, and on just a miserable team. And yep. so when they're able to overcome their circumstances and their surroundings, then they get in hopefully good situations and good surroundings. That's when you see some of these guys that can pop. Yeah, it's interesting because I think I just have a different NFL draft philosophy than most people. I think it's kind of overrated. Now, I started out the show talking about how we're going to have some superstars, and we probably will. But I talked about the really good round two and round three running backs that were drafted in the last five years. I didn't mention TJ Yeldon and Amir Abdullah. Uh, I didn't mention Ronald Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's Zach Moss. You know, I, I didn't mention <laughs> Tevin Coleman, who's been fine. Duke Johnson, Matt Jones, CJ Procise, uh, Deontay Foreman, Royce Freeman. And we'll see what happens with Damian Harris and Daryl Henderson and even David Montgomery. So to just, it's kind of interesting to hear you say you'd take Vaughn over a guy like Damian Williams, who I, I think he's very I think he's very good. I think he's losing his job. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise we wouldn't be ranking Edward Zilaire as high as we are. Jamie's going all in on Edward Zilaire. They took him in the first round. They took him as the first back off the board. They took I him thirty second. They took him three picks ahead of the Lions. That, that was their first pick. Like yeah. they, they made a very clear statement. Again, what is the team telling us? They already had four backs on their roster. They decided we, that this guy is a difference maker. Andy Reid reportedly said that he's better than Brian Westbrook, who's frankly the best right. running back uh, was, that he ever coached. Yeah. If, if you, if you see the, uh, the enthusiasm of Andy Reid and Brett Veach when they were on the conference call, the teleconference with, uh, with Edward Solaire and they were talking him up for a week and the enemy is, you know, going all in and, and telling them this is the guy we got to get, go get him. He's there, go get him, go get him. I mean, uh, I, I know last night I said, you know, Williams coming off the Super Bowl performance, but he just can't stay healthy. I think they're tired of this. And, and I, I said this on HQ today, uh, you go back to 2017, we were saying 
Kareem Hunt's going to be better than Spencer Ware, and that played itself out after Ware got hurt. Uh, we don't know how it would have happened if if Ware competed for the job, and and at what point it would have been maybe the Miles Sanders situation of him taking over. But you saw what he did with the last young, talented running back that he had, and he was a leading rusher as a rookie. Yeah, that was so a third round pick. I, I don't think that Edward Solaire is going to get to that height where he was a top five fantasy running back that season. But in this offense, where it's the same thing, Damian Williams is gone after this year. Daryl Williams is is hurt and just a, just a guy. DeAndre Washington, I understand why they signed him if they knew they were going to do this. And Darwin Thompson was a six-round pick. So there's not a big investment to anybody else but him. Yeah. And I'll give you another comp for Mandy Reid's recent history. He let a good, stable quarterback go to turn over the offense to a quarterback that he loved. And Patrick Mahomes, he let Alex Smith go. I mean, yep. they want Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be their running back. They're, they're going to let him play. Yeah, Ben, where are you taking? Because I'm taking him round two. I don't know if I can go that high, but I maybe I haven't thought enough through it. But yeah, I mean, maybe. So what sold me on moving him up way more is I just started thinking about, well, what could he do on a on a week to week basis? And I think if you give him four receptions a week, is that crazy? And not, no, on average, no. four catches per week. I don't think that's crazy. So let's say he stays healthy for 16 games just to put optimism up, up front here. That's over 60 catches. Right off the top. If he's catching four balls a game, he's probably averaging north of seven yards per catch, so that's 30 yards. If he's on the field enough to catch four passes per game and we think he's going to take over uh, or at least get the lion's share of the work, that's got to be a floor of 10 carries a week, and that's being super conservative. It could be way higher. Um, and he can average four yards per carry. So if he's getting 40 rushing yards and 30 receiving yards a game, 70 total yards a game, times 16, that's over well over a thousand yards, um, and then it comes down to touchdowns. And there's a lot of touchdowns on the table for running backs there. I don't know if he can get double digit touchdowns. I don't know if he can pull, you know, numbers like Kareem Hunt had as a rookie. But it, it, I can. Let's go super conservative. Five touchdowns. That's super conservative. That's no, with, you, you with eleven hundred yards, he, sixty catches. If he has five touchdowns, he's not going to be a round two pick. That's for sure. No, he won't. But maybe I'm being way too conservative. You might be listening right now and thinking, there's no way he's only scoring five if he plays 16 games. He, he might score eight. And now if it's 1,100 total yards, which I admit is conservative, and eight touchdowns and 60 catches. That's good. Well, that's a top That's a top 12 running back from last year. That's pretty good. In PPR. You know who's going to get the lion's share of the carries, though? DeAndre Swift on the Lions! Nah. I hope anyway. <laughs> I laughed. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, okay. That was a genuine chuckle. Let me ask you real quick your thoughts on Zach Moss in Buffalo. Who are you drafting for, Zach Moss or Devin Singletary? <laughs> Singletary. I'm, I'm gonna, I might be the only one here that still likes Singletary a lot. I'm taking neither at any price. This is one that I will not, I, I will not back from. I, I won't take either. It's the worst. You, I, I love high value touches. I love receptions and 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 red zone, goal line, you know, green zone, whatever, touchdown scoring opportunities. I've talked about that with running backs. That's what we look for. And I've made this case many times on the pod, so I'll, I'll make it really brief. But Josh Allen scrambles. He doesn't check down, and he scrambles in the red zone. He runs for a ton of touchdowns. He had 11 carries inside the 10 last year. Nine rushing TDs. It was already going to be hard enough for Devin Singletary to get those high value touches. Now he's going to split them with Moss, who was a good pass catcher in college. They're going to split the limited receptions that are there. They're not going to score a ton of touchdowns. 
it's I don't want either of them. Okay. And by the way, Jamie had to hop off to do HQ. Oh, okay. So Well, can I defend my Devin take? Yeah, sure. Um he had nearly a thousand total yards in twelve games last year, averaged five point four yards per touch. I think Moss is kind of like Devin Singletary in that he, you know, bounces off defenders and can can make yards after contact, but I don't think he's as good. Singletary's three months older. Singletary's healthier. I think Singletary is a better pass catcher than Moss. Um, and I'd be disappointed if Zach Moss went from third round pick to goal line guy for, for the Bills. I think Singletary is going to be first in line for that. I will take him with a top 50 pick. Singletary had four carries inside the 10 last year. I know because yeah, they did some. Frank they Gore. gave Frank Gore 100. Frank Gore had 11 inside the carries. five. He had 25 inside the 20. He had, let's see, 18 inside the 10. That So there are some carries there. Okay. It's just hoping that and I, Borgot goes to I think Singletary is a good back. I want to be clear. I think he's a really good back. I, I, they're just guys to me that are always going to go some, like someone like Dave in my league likes the talent and sees some upside there. I just don't see as much statistical upside. It's a fantasy specific take. Okay, uh, I wanted to give a, one more thought on the running backs. Facebook post of the day comes from James Ingram. Someone, and I was kind of bitching about Clyde Edwards-Alaire and his slow 40 time. Someone remind Adam that Kareem Hunt ran a 4.62 at the Combine. Seems mm-hmm. like he fared pretty well in the Chiefs offense. Rushing title his rookie season. Clyde the Glide will be just fine. I mean, so, everyone uses Kareem Hunt as the comp, right? So, like, just because one guy did it, everyone can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that worried about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but I, I do think that's, that's not the, the best evidence. Okay. We did have some other running backs taken. Uh, Darrington Evans, don't expect a big role from him. From... No, but he's he's the backup now in Tennessee. Yeah. So if if you draft Derrick Henry, whether you want to or he just falls to you and you settle on him and you're nervous about that workload, that's the guy to get as of now uh, to handcuff him. So let's talk about the wide receivers now. Busy round two. I mean, the first two picks, T. Higgins to Cincinnati. Six foot four, mm-hmm. two hundred and sixteen pounds. Big guy out of Clemson. And then Weird Mike, pick, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, it, or, it's, or it's a it's, it's a writing yes. on the wall pick. It, yes, kind of like yeah. a lot of the running backs were. AJ Green's tagged this year, not signed long term, and right. almost certainly now won't be there till twenty twenty one. I mean, right. Joe Burrow it's needs his long term yeah. number one, right? So, right. Uh, they and then Michael Pittman, the next pick out of USC to the Colts, another six foot four guy. Really liked that fit. He's a big receiver. I know I know Dave likes him too. I won't take up too much time, Dave, but big receiver, oh, go good in the short to intermediate range, and, and a great compliment to T.Y. Hilton. Well, why don't we go through sort of a group of picks here in round two, at least the first half of the wide receivers taken in round two. So Higgins goes to the Bengals. Pittman goes to the Colts. Chenault to the Jaguars. And let's stop here at K.J. Hamler to Denver. They take a wide receiver in round one and round two. Denver getting uh, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Hamler is a five foot nine, one hundred and seventy eight pound guy. Gets a lot of yards after the catch. Also has some drops. He's out of Penn State. So between Higgins, Pittman, Chenault, and Hamler, okay, we're we're not gonna even think Higgins, like he's not gonna get drafted, right? In a redraft league, third guy um, on the Bengals. He, you know. It depends on how things shake out in camp for for the Bengals. Is AJ Green healthy? Is John Ross healthy? Like for this year, he's going to be the key backup to both those guys. Okay, 
but that's what all he is. So then let's talk about. But that's that's Pittman, what he is for twenty twenty. Pittman, Chenault, and Hamler, and uh, what do you think, Dave? Uh, Chenault would be my favorite of the three for twenty twenty. Yeah, but. Hamler's uh, you know five nine one seventy eight, really productive. You know, very athletic. Uh, slot really fast very fast but you're 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 putting him in the bronco he's a great pick for their for what they've done now they have sutton and judy on the outside they have fan at tight end they have him in the slot it's a great weaponry for drew Locke. if he's good he's got all all the chances in the world to be good we got to talk about him as a late round pick yeah but hamler's not a pick right he's like the point there is that that sutton and and judy are going to get the majority of the targets and then and then fan and then hamler probably um, Chenault is a guy who dominated production at, at Colorado as a sophomore, accounted for 46% of their receiving yards in games that he played, which was nine. He's got wide receiver skills. People talk about his running back body. He's 6'1", 220, or 226, or 227. He, he's like a uh, Ezekiel Elliott is the column people have been giving because like he's a big, thick guy. Um, but he has wide receiver skills, the ability to, to really dominate production in an offense. I wanted him to go somewhere where he could get targets. I think Gardner Minshew is a good enough quarterback. I mean, we don't know if he'll be the starter long term, but he played in Mike Leach's system. He could throw a lot. He was pretty good last year. I think he can support a couple of receivers. And again, good complementary piece similar to Pittman, where DJ Chark is the number one. It's a downfield guy. Chenault's a guy who does a lot of work around the line of scrimmage. Good after the catch guy. Kind of similar to A.J. Brown. I don't want to put him on A.J. Brown's level quite yet. Um, he also ran a lot of wildcat offense because they just wanted to get him the ball. He had seven rushing touchdowns. He's a really dynamic player, can line up inside, outside. I really like the fact that he's going to a team where he can get a lot of volume. Let's look at the next four guys taken in round two. Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame goes to Pittsburgh, another big guy, six foot four. Yeah, he's interesting. He was drafted 49th overall. They have now used an, a fairly early pick on a wide receiver, three straight, well, not even including Juju, right? James Washington was a round two pick. He was 60th overall. Deontay Johnson was 66th overall. And now Chase Claypool, 49th overall. Uh, so is Claypool, well, I'll ask you after I talk about everybody. Is Claypool the number two receiver in Pittsburgh this year? Van Jefferson goes to the Rams. Denzel Mims to the Jets. I guess, I guess there are only seven, not eight wide receivers in round two. So the last three are Claypool to the Steelers, Van Jefferson to the Rams, Denzel Mims to the Jets. The Rams, the Rams took the highest graded player on their board when they took Van Jefferson. I don't see how he contributes this year and maybe even next year unless there's an injury or unless Josh Reynolds gets wrapped. Um, but I, I loved him at the Senior Bowl. He was one of my favorite players overall while I was there. Just an amazing route runner. Gets open with his feet. Doesn't have speed has great hands, has pretty good size. He's like a poor man's Justin Jefferson. So I, I, I get why the Rams liked him. I just hate the landing spot for him. And he's probably going to be, he's not going to help anybody in fantasy in 2020. Mims in New York um, has a chance at least to be the number three receiver. And if Brashad Perryman does his, you know, frying pan hands dance and can't hold on to the ball, maybe Mims ends up being the number one. So I'm 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 intrigued by Mims going to New York, and I think the Jets have done the right thing this offseason and in the first round by improving their offensive line. That'll give Darnold a chance to attack deep. Claypool. Does, does Mims uh, does Mims remind you real quick of of DK Metcalf at all? 
Metcalf was the 64th sort of. pick. Sort of. I he, get it. Yeah. Claypool does physically to me more. Yeah, sure. But I, I, I get what Adam's saying because I, I don't think Mims is a finished product yet. Just like Met, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what was the knock on Metcalf besides the injuries was that he didn't have a complete route tree. Right. So Mims doesn't have that either. And, and the one thing that I noticed with Mims is that I don't think he separated with his speed very often. He separated by being physical with defensive backs. So he's got to work on that. He's got to work on his footwork to help him get open a little bit. I think he did have a great combine. Yeah, but it's he had a great yeah. Senior Bowl. He was yeah. almost he he really was not talked about very much until the Senior Bowl, and he he was making plays. There were a lot of good receivers at the Senior Bowl, and he might have ended up being the best one by the time the week was over. Claypool was also at the Senior Bowl. The man is a behemoth. Like they 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 talked about him being a tight end, um, but he's six four. He's like 220, I think, 230, somewhere in that range. Um, and he can run 4-4. Four, four. He's, he's really just an incredible specimen. And you think about how the Steelers are with their receivers. Their track record's pretty good. I, I think Claypool could be someone that I'm looking for in dynasty drafts as a long-term fixture. And one last point on him. He's, uh, n- not that he's Canadian, that's not the point, but he was really an unknown. He posted his highlights online, and then he started getting offers uh, to play college in the States and Notre Dame stepped up, um, high character kid Steelers are going to like that. He's not going to be a problem in the locker room. I didn't know Dave had a thing against Canadians. Did you Adam? I don't oh, know. I did actually. Canadians. He said all the time, know, every time Canadians. he texts me, it's like some anti Canada thing always, you know, he said he, his, uh, their damn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, um, he's, he's, and he's, and, He's a cool, he's a down-to-earth dude. No one knew when his birthday was. I, I was trying to get his birthday for his scouting report that we did. And so I DM'd him. His DMs were open, and I slid into his DMs. Nice. He was so happy to tell me, and, you know, I wished him well in the draft process. Thanks a lot, man. You know, looking forward to helping people in fantasy football. So it's not the reason why I'm, I'm talking positively about him, but he seems to be a good guy. I think Steelers fans will like him. And I think Ben Roethlisberger will love throwing footballs nine feet high so that he can come down with them in the end zone. And then Antonio Gibson was taken by the Redskins. He, you could see him listed as a running back. It, it, same with Lynn Bowden. These guys are kind of do-it-all sort of players. Bowden went to Las Vegas. Brian Edwards to Las Vegas with the next pick. And Ben, what do you think of, of I'm sorry, Adam, but um, Bowden and, and Gibson, they're kind of the same guy, right? They're both like offensive weapons. Yeah, but I think Bowden is going to be a receiver. Is it Bowden or Bowden? Bowden. I think it's Bowden. I'm okay. I don't know. I'm pretty well, sure. I'll double Bowden. check it. I'll double check it. Um, but it, I believe it's pronounced Gibson. Um, <laughs> Antonio. Gibson. Uh, Antonio, Antonio Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, I shouldn't um, say it. I think it is. I think he'll be a running back for Washington. I shouldn't. I have no idea. That's how I've said it in my head. So, if, Adam, if you have any inclination that it's Bowden, it's probably Bowden. He um, played the slot as, as a sophomore. And was really productive. Good, good, you know, um, team-adjusted volume. And then he started the season last year in the slot. I think he caught like 30 balls in the first few weeks. They got had some quarterback injuries. He took over as their quarterback because he played quarterback in high school. He only threw 74 passes the rest of the year, but he ran, um, I think, over 200 times. He ran for like 1,400 yards and like 16 touchdowns, something ridiculous. Uh, out of essentially a wildcat offense where he was playing quarterback, kind of like a you know, Julian Edelman's story. He played quarterback in, in college. Uh, Antoine Randall L obviously comes to mind. 
he's good. He he was good enough to be uh, to have really good production out of the slot his sophomore year, and then his uh, his junior year to be that good in a you know a wildcat quarterback situation where he was basically their whole offense. So they can you know they announced him as a running back, which is the one position he didn't really play, but obviously racked up a ton of rushing production. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how they use him. Obviously, a lot of ways they could do that. Gibson is another guy who doesn't really have a position. He started at junior college, went to Memphis. They mostly played him at receiver. He caught, I think, 44 balls and, and uh, had 33 carries in his two years at Memphis. Just not a lot of touches. And a lot of scouts to the pre-draft process were talking about how he most – I think we heard a report that 31 teams had him as a running back on their board. Um, most looked at him and recognized that he's a running back. He's basically a clone of Jonathan Taylor. He's 227, 28 pounds about the same size as Taylor and runs a four three nine just like Taylor, at least in terms of size speed. What we don't know is whether he can play the running back position because he hasn't done that. But um, he could very easily be a, a Chris Thompson type. I saw somebody comp him to Debo Samuel. I think that makes sense too. Like he could play out in the slot and, and be working into the backfield and split out wide. The, Washington has just so many running backs. I really still like Bryce Love, who we didn't see all last year because of his knee injury. We know about Darius guys, you know, Adrian Peterson's still there. They added Peyton Barber. They have 9 million running backs. So how Gibson gets on the field is a little tough to see, but uh, a really intriguing offensive weapon. Both of those guys, good um, athletes and guys that, that if used correctly could definitely be valuable. Quick thoughts on the tight end. Actually, we haven't wrapped up wide receivers. I want to know how you look at these day two wide receivers compared to the day one guys in terms of fantasy. You know, whether it's Chenault or whether it's Mims, whoever your favorite is, maybe it's Pittman or Clay, but whatever. I think probably Chenault and Mims are going to be, of this group, most people's favorites uh, for 2020. How do they compare to the guys that went in round one? You know, could they sneak in there as uh, the top fantasy options for this season? No. Chenault can. I I definitely have Chenault over, like, (laughs) Ayuk. I have him... Oh, man, I might have him over Jefferson. I don't know how much the Vikings are going to throw. Um, Rager is an interesting question as well. We'll You know, we got to see. Who do you like, Dave? Who do you like in round one? That that I I I like just about everybody in round one except for Ayuk. You like them for fantasy this year? Well, I mean, like it varies as far as like some of them I love. Like Rager's my favorite. I think Judy and Lamb can be good. I think long term, I, I might talk myself into putting Rager third on that list and putting Lamb, Judy, probably Lamb and then Judy ahead of them. Um, and then Ruggs is in that mix too. I don't want to, you know, poo-poo him and say that he's, you know, just oh, you know, just a dude with four two seven speed. Like mm-hmm. I think he's better than your typical bad, fast receiver pick that Al Davis used to make. He's better than Darius Hayward Bay. So who is your favorite favorite? Rookie wide receiver for this year, and then who for long term? Who in dynasty? I'll say Rager for this year, and I, I really haven't figured it out yet. So please just take this in pencil, Adam. I'll say Lamb. Lamb's my dynasty, and I feel much much more confident about that one. Uh, kind of the inverse of Dave. I haven't really thought about this year too much, but um, like really weighed these because they were close. I mean, obviously, a lot of them are kind of some interesting landing spots. I think you can make a case for Chenault that high. I mean, I really do. I, I think he's going to be in my top five for long term for dynasty for wide, wide receivers, particularly not for for every position. 
And for this year, right away, I think he, he might project for the most targets of anyone in this class. I don't I don't think he'll he'll be I, I don't think he'll project for the most targets. Um, but I think he's he could be the best receiver that was taken today. I'm thinking about him versus Mims. Like it's one of those two are the best for day two. And I think both those guys are gonna be better than Ayuk in twenty twenty. You're talking about Jackson, LaVisca, Chenault, and the yeah, Jets. Yeah, Chenault Denzel just landed in a, in, a, in a good spot where he's going to get, a, I don't know about leading the rookie class in targets. Could he get 100? I'm not even sure about that. About 85? Chenault? Yeah. Who's going to get him? D.D. Westbrook's 26. He's never had 750 yards in a season. But Chark is there, and I think Chark is, is more than just a, a deep threat guy. Oh, I agree. I think Minshew loves him. Yeah. But they, it was the second sixth round, he'll take targets away too. So, like, I'm... I'm a little. I, I'm. I don't. I got to crunch the numbers to really feel good about Chenault getting over 100. I don't think D.D. Westbrook is ever going to do it personally. And and I, who else did you just know? Are you saying 100, 100 targets? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chenault's the number two option. Well, I think Westbrook right had away. it last year. Yeah, I think Chenault gets 115. Woo. Pretty easily. How many rookie wide receivers get 115 targets? I, it's, I don't know. There's going to be gonna there's going to be a, a handful this year. Adam. I just don't. Think it happens very often. No, but this this is a rare rookie class, uh, and Chenault's in a good spot. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see. I'm gonna do. Let's do a little on the spot research. AJ Brown, 84 targets. Yeah, but didn't play full time till week 10, Terry and that McLaurin, might happen. Chenault, 93 targets. Debo Samuel, 81. DK Metcalf, 100. Darius Slayton, 83. This is what I'm saying. This, like, I just think the NFL draft is overrated, and I think year two is when wide receivers go nuts. If you're a good wide receiver, yeah, like some of them are going to be great in year one. I, I get that, but year I two agree is, with that is generally, which the is sweet spot. Like, I, I like I I agree with that, Adam. Like that's why I was saying I might take Chenault as my best option for 2020 because I don't think there's going to be a ton that get to 115. I mean, I agree with Dave. This is a special class, and there's the chance that it, like two or three do. But like I think Chenault is the one that has the most target upside. It's great to host an NFL draft episode and say the NFL draft is overrated. Anything <laughs> to say about Cole Komet to the Bears in round two, Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene to the Patriots in round three, Josiah DeGuara to the Packers in round three, Adam Troutman to the Saints in round three. That's an interesting one. Troutman? Troutman might be the most interesting tight end that was drafted so far. Over commit? Like, what does interesting mean? Interesting meaning a chance to be a really good fantasy option. You I think, think a lot of people year? called them the most complete tight end. No, not right? this year. I'm thinking long term. Who, Troutman or Komet? Yeah, Troutman. I don't Could. think he's the most complete tight end in the class. I think that's Komet. Yeah, but I think he's got. I think he's got more upside than Komet. Yeah, he's more vertical than Komet, right? Like, he can get downfield. Yes. Komet's going to be, like, best case scenario, a chain mover. Yeah, Trotman's a hell of an athlete. He's a he's a former quarterback, um, dominated at the FCS level. He had 14 touchdowns and 70 catches in 11 games. And I mean, he looked like he looked like Big John Stud going up for passes against jobbers, like five foot six inch jobbers, which is what the FCS is when you're a six foot five tight end. And obviously, the NFL is a lot different than that. But he's still a big dude, and I think he's actually got room to fill out a little bit and get a little bit stronger. And he, the, the offense they played in in college was West Coast-based. That's what the Saints have. 
I don't think he's going to make an impact this year. I mean, rookie tight ends almost never make an impact this year. Right. But I, this is I, a good class. I, I I think he's I think he's got a real nice shot to be an impact player, um, 2021, 2022, and beyond. And I just looked it up. Komet's actually faster. So <laughs> I, I was he? saying Troutman's more vertical. But yeah, I Komet thought Troutman was faster. Okay. Troutman apparently ran a four eight. I thought he was quicker than that. But oh, Komet you know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. You know, yeah. That's all right. Uh, Troutman, 105th overall to the Saints. And, yeah, they, we're probably not going to have a really good rookie tight end. It's pretty rare. Heath has Troutman as his top rookie tight end in redraft this year. And we'll say, and look, it's going to be hard for Cole Komet. They just signed, they just signed Jimmy Graham. So, right. come on. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, I think the cliff notes is what Dave just said. The tight end, rookie tight ends don't often hit. And this is a poor class. Yeah. And that's it. Like, you, you, I don't think you draft any of these guys in redraft. And I don't even think in Dynasty you take them before the third round, yeah. late second. I think, I think given all the players that we had this year, um, fourth round might be where you go. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, let's get this podcast out to the masses. Thanks to Dave and Ben and Jamie. Team Aaron Jones.